Welcome to the Bible Reading Plan podcast by Victory Point. One of the best ways to grow as a disciple of Jesus is to read and reflect on Scripture daily. We created this podcast to guide you through our daily Bible reading plan that helps us dwell in God's Word as we grow together in listening to the Spirit. Whether you're on your commute, doing dishes, or just getting up in the morning, we're glad you tuned in. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. It's the 18th of August, and we are back with the Bible Reading Plan podcast. I'm here with Pete and Jesse Shewitt. Jesse, Jesse actually stepped out for a second to get uh, their daughter, Livia, and uh, we'll see if she gets to come back into this episode or if it'll be the next one, <laughs> but I hope she does. Um, so we're going to jump into uh, Psalm 124 today, but before we do, uh, usually on Tuesdays, I ask people about a little bit more of their story. We already kind of heard about what you guys are doing now, but mm-hmm. Pete, do you want to just kind of um, describe why you and I are on a podcast together as in um, what's the connection between you and Victory Point? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so um, from 2016, August of 2016, uh, to August of 2018, um, man, we were together at Victory Point. I, used, I started off as... Um, you know, the youth pastor, and then I kind of transitioned a little bit into some outreach stuff. And uh, man, it was just so quickly, like I still to this day, oh, here's, here, here they come. But uh, still to this day, man, me and, Jess, me and Jess just reflect, like it still feels like Victory Point is our, our primary mm-hmm. church family, just because of the level and the depth of relationship that we built there and established there. Um, and so, yeah, man, in 2018, we just kind of felt the call to come back to the Twin Cities for something that God had in store for us, and we wanted to be obedient. Um, and so we've been here since, but man, just just miss our Victory Point family. Yeah. That's why it's special to be able to do uh, little things like this. Just yeah, it's fun. Yeah, so. That's one of the cool things about, uh, I mean, there's a lot of terrible things about quarantine pandemic stuff, but that's one of the cool things is it equalizes some of the distance, it kind of removes some of the geographical boundaries they usually, yeah. you know, divide people. So yeah. yeah, it's nice. Um, what, as you guys kind of think about, you know, the two years you were here at Victory Point, what were some of the ways that you guys grew or some of the things you learned or the ways that you reflect on those two years now? Yeah, man. Um, I think one of the things that like I even is just repeated the phrase is often repeated in my mind and my heart is, uh, what's God saying to you and what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Uh, that you know that was kind of you know the go-to question that you know Matt would would often ask and um, I think just what does it look like to follow Jesus in the midst of everyday life I feel like um, in a lot of ways following Jesus has been like professionalized and um, you know different different things of discipleship have just been left to you know pastors or church leaders Um, but the thought of like God is speaking to each of us everyday believers, man, in our workplaces, um, at restaurants, wherever we're at, like God is always speaking to us. And what's he saying to me? And how am I going to follow him and be obedient to him today? And I think that was the thing that left, it's, you know, the greatest mark on me at Victory Point was just this hunger throughout the church to say, hey, man, you know, I, in my area of influence, I want to be following Jesus and I want to be, um, you know, his light and his hands and his feet wherever I'm at. So that, that was for sure my biggest takeaway because I don't think I've, I've seen that lived out on such a practical level in, in 
you know, other churches I've been a part of, but it's, it's just such a core part of uh, what Victory Point's running after, man. So Yeah, that's sweet. Thanks, Pete. Anything you'd add to that, Jesse? I, I think one of the biggest things that I experienced while at Victory Point was um, authentic community that empowered you. Mm. Um, and I think that's like one of the things that community yeah. is supposed to, to be. Um, the body is supposed to be for for each other is um, an empowerment and, and a, like a voice of encouragement to step into who God has created you to be. Um, and so we experienced that for sure. Um, just being surrounded by people who believe in um, your God-given identity, um, yeah. and uh, and then and then equipping you and empowering you and putting you in, in places to become more more that person yeah um so i learned and experienced that yeah. a lot <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> cool at VP. yeah you guys both got to step up into leadership areas that were not necessarily i mean pete obviously had a job description here but mm-hmm. um you guys both got to step up into areas that were not part of that singular job description which is cool it's cool to see you guys um you know grow into those you know, and, and be empowered and share your gifts with us. So thank you for stepping into that courageously. Well, um, let's jump into today's passage. And Psalm 124 is a passage for today. Jesse, would you mind reading that? Um, yeah. Do you have, I'm sorry, I, I, maybe you don't have it open. No, that's okay. I'm there right now. Who does, who does Liv look like, Brendan, me or Jess? Uh, you. <laughs> yes. Got it. What do you think? Peter. We gotta get a mix, man. Gotta get a mix. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, Psalm 124. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive when their anger flared against us. Um, the flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord, who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Sweet. Thanks, Jesse. So, Pete and Jesse, uh, what's something that's grabbing you from this passage? Yeah, man. Um... Like, I love it because it's kind of just like a shotgun uh, song. It's like, boom, right to the point. I mean, mm-hmm. you totally understand what, what's trying to be communicated by David, but he's like talking about this constant um, protection and defense the Lord um, gives to his people. And I think just on a personal note, like what hit me um, is like, I've shared, I think I've shared this a little bit with you before because this was part of, you know, what, what led to us transitioning in 2018. But for like the last two years, all I've heard God say is I'm with you. Hmm. Like in like the quiet time that I spend with him or when I'm reading the word or whatever, like I just, that's the constant phrase I always hear. And sometimes like, to be honest with you, I just kind of grew numb to it. Like, okay, yeah, I know you're with me, but you know, like, come on, God, give me something. But I keep getting brought back to how deep of a, a truth that is. And I think it's really emphasized here. Like, what if the Lord wasn't with me when our enemies, you know, rised up against us, you know, like what David's saying, like, what if the Lord wasn't with us when our enemies came against us? What if the Lord wasn't with us when the Egyptians were chasing us and through the Red Sea? Like, 
the presence of God in our life is so powerful. It's our defense. It's our protection. It's our comfort. It's our hope that God is with us, that we have Emmanuel, God with mm-hmm. us. Yeah. Um, and so that's just kind of what hits me, you know, like in the, you know, life is full of ups and downs. It's full of um, mountaintops and valleys. And we have God who, who promises to be with us even in the valleys, you know. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear for the Lord is with me. And so I think that's what hits me is like, you know, he's citing all these times where God's defended them. And he's saying the what ifs, you know, what if God hadn't defended us? What if God wasn't with us in those moments? And it's this point of reflection to say, wow, like we can look back on our lives and and see God's hand and see his presence and his defense and his protection. And this is sobering reality and this it causes this kind of gratefulness to rise up in our hearts to say, wow, God, you're so amazing. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for protecting me. Thank you for loving me. So that's kind of what hit me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome. How about you, Jesse? I think for me, it's just like the acknowledgement that um, sounds like it's a psalm from David, but um, just his acknowledgement that God was there. Because I think when you read the things that were like happening, he's like, you know, there's heat. Like he's talking about like pretty intense things like the flood, the, um, what else is there in here? The raging waters, the flood, um, you know, intense, like their teeth would have been, we would have been torn by their teeth. Like we were in a follower's snare. Like you just think about those intense um circumstances and he in the midst of that um he's like acknowledging if god had not been with me if he had not been on my side um and i think it's really easy when we're in the midst of circumstances that are painful or um, really challenging to not even acknowledge that god is with us um and to so ask him like where are you god um, but then to sometimes grow bitter and to not be looking for where he is, but to sit in our pain and to sit in our, our grief and our challenge and to not recognize where he is in the midst of it. And I just love how, um, and maybe this is a reflection of David, but to see, you know, where he's saying, if you had not been with us, we, this would have happened. If you had not been there in the middle of the, the raging waters, we would have been swept away. Um, I think that's super powerful and it, it sets an example for how we can just be alert um, to the voice of the Holy Spirit as we're in challenges and trials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the presence of God that that transforms our challenges into stories of redemption. Right. Yeah, and gives us hope. Um, yeah. And how easy it can be to not notice the presence of God or hear God's voice. Um, when we're in those things, because there's so much chaos happening around us. Um, yeah, I think of, I mean, the word swallowed uh, got me. And um, I was trying to pick apart why that was. I mean, I, I immediately thought of Jonah being swallowed up. And he, he literally was swallowed alive, you know, and he was spit out. You know, the snare was broken. Um, he wasn't, he was swallowed alive, but he wasn't um, overcome by it, you know, like, um, like Paul says, you know, we're pressed, but not crushed, right? Persecuted, but not abandoned, struck yeah. down, not destroyed, right? Um, <clears throat> the fact that uh, we we do experience, like like said yesterday, you know, they, they're oppressed, but they, they're, they multiplied. You know, the more they're oppressed, the more they multiplied. 
and uh, and so it's not that they weren't oppressed at all. It's that it's that when the snare got them, uh, the snare broke them. You know, the snare was broken. And uh, so I was thinking about that. And of course, I think of Jesus being, you know, death is swallowed up in victory. You know, the, that swallowed language of Jesus going into the tomb and being swallowed, you know, in, in the tomb, but then, you know, breaking, breaking the bond of the tomb, you know, breaking the chains of death um, and the victory that he has over death. Uh, so um, I, was, I was thinking of that too. But uh, that word swallowed and, um, and maybe what some of us feel like right now and a lot of things that we're going through, um, quarantine can oftentimes feel like we're being swallowed into our own houses, you know, <laughs> just like claustrophobic and um, all that stuff. Um, and, and yet God breaks the snare of the fowler, you know, the, uh, we've escaped. So there's, there's a story of hope and escape and deliverance. Um, even Moses, who's put into a basket and kind of um, given over to, um, you know, given up for, by his mother, is then returned to his mother. And uh, we have the same hope that even as we're given over to death, we're returned to the one who gives life. So, um, yeah, that, that was that was grabbing me over to the, the word swallowed. Right. That's yeah. so good. Anything else you guys want to add to this passage? Anything else you feel like needs to be said? I think, I mean, just to wrap everything that has been said up, um, verse 8, our hope is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Mm -hmm. um, and it comes back to that, like, reverence for the Lord when we recognize that he is literally the maker, the creator of heaven and of earth. Um, when we kind of put him in his place, I think that we have a tendency, you know, when we're going through circumstances that are, that are harder to lean into the part of his character that's um, warm and inviting. And maybe like in my, maybe this is just me, but like a softer, like loving father um, aspect, one of, you know, part of his character. Um, but when <laughs> I think there's so much power when we yeah. went into just putting him in his place as God on the throne, as the maker, the creator, you know, the sovereign Lord of all creation. Um, and it's just in his name that we receive help and we receive um, peace and our, our daily bread, you know, what we need to, to overcome the situuations that life presents yeah. us. Um, so yeah. yeah, that last verse. Just really I love that. Um, Jesse, I love that. I, it's during times of homeostasis that we experience God maybe as a loving father who's just, you know, comforting, gives blessing, and that's all important. And we have all, you know, in retrospect, in contrast, have all been in some homeostasis compared to like what we're experiencing this year, probably. And maybe a lot of us only know God as a comforting, loving father, which he is, obviously. Right. Um, but it's only in times of crisis that we go, we need a God who can be a mighty warrior, strong to save. You know what I mean? Like, we need a God who sits on a throne and has authority over all things. We, we need a God who is a deliverer and who is our rescuer when we're in crisis and turbulence, uh, when we're in a torrent or raging waters or a fowler snare or whatever it says in here. Yeah. Um, and we're probably learning that about God right now. Experience, like we could have known it earlier as like a, you know, intellectual thing. Like I know God is that way, but I think a lot of us are learning to experience 
God that way now and pray to God that way now, like rescue us and save us. Um, we need your help. We don't just need God to be a loving, comforting father. We do need that. We need him to heal us, but we also need him to rescue us. So thank you for saying that, Jesse. Appreciate that. All right, everybody. Well, tomorrow we'll catch back up with you. We're going to be uh, reading Isaiah 51. So we'll look forward to that. Until then, go in peace and know that God is your rescuer, that whatever snare you feel like you're in, God has broken it and is delivering us from it. So um, praise yeah. God for that. Talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Bible Reading Plan podcast. If you have any reflections on the scripture we just read, please click the link in the show notes to leave us a voice message. We'd love to hear from you. Let me send you on your way with a blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace.